Hey guys, Rob Bass here. Just wanted to let you know that if you like our podcast and want to support us, be sure to check us out at patreon.com slash geekcastlive. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash geekcastlive. What's up everybody? GCR here asking you to head on over to iTunes and subscribe and review our show. And then follow us on Twitter at geekcastlive and retweet the hell out of us. I promise that if you do, I will eat this entire grapefruit. I'm not kidding. I'll eat the whole thing. Hello, friends. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash geekcastlive. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. GeekCast Joe here. As some of you know, I'm a morning person. As all of you know, morning people are the worst type of people. For help dealing with people like me, I recommend a switch to Death Wish Coffee, the world's strongest coffee. When you're checking out, be sure to use the discount code GeekCast for 15% off your order. Who knows? Maybe you'll become a morning person too. Death Wish Coffee, now available in the App Store and on Google Play. It's a trap! Another episode of the Geek Cast Live Podcast. I am your host, GCR, and with me, as they always are, not Rob Bass and Cartoon Joe. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey. What's up? Uh, Rob is at a uh, uh, – a uh, Lawrence O'Donnell is reading his book at uh, Purdue University tonight, um, and so Rob is, uh, Rob is there for that. Oh, that's um, what he was doing. I misunderstood. I thought he said Rosie O'Donnell was doing the vagina monologues. No, <laughs> I very easily mixed up though. Mm-hmm. Either way, both totally out of Rob's wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> At what point does he like slowly raise his hand? And when um, Lawrence O'Donnell like notices and stops reading his book, does he say like mm, yes? And Rob says like. So where's where's the weed? Because <laughs> I thought I was told there'd be weed here. I heard something about complimentary ganj. No, <laughs> no. Okay, wrong, wrong place. Then I'll just I'll see myself out. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! This is the second to the last episode of season three, guys. You know what that means? James Vanderbeek's coming on. James James Vanderbeek is coming on next week. That's right. Hype, get hyped for for the beak. Woot woot. What do you talk about there? Do you talk more about um, varsity, varsity blues, blues or whatever, like One Tree Hill or whatever the show he was on? Dawson's Creek. Sorry. No, we we talk we talk strictly varsity blues. We talk. Um, Whipped cream bikinis and um, and uh, what's his name's tremendous weight loss and subsequent, Peter? yeah, no, 
Not career loss, the other one. <laughs> How many times do I just say, um, I don't want your life? Right, he just exactly. Hangs up off the call. Uh, that takes about two minutes, I think. Two minutes of me saying that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long before he realizes that I keep, um, I keep making references he's not getting, and then he realizes that I think he's Devin Sawa? No one is ever mistaken for <laughs> I can't even say his name. How does it go? Suwa. I think it's S A W A. I think that's how I think that's how you spell his last name. No, you talk about Billy Bob's weight loss and how that ran him out of Hollywood because there's no use for like a just slightly overweight guy. Right, like a slightly overweight bad actor. Right. You've got to be four four spins if you really want to pull that off. Right. You need to be like a force fed goose. If you're going to make that happen. A, a, a force field goose is what I heard, which I, takes me so many different ways. I heard a horse head goose, so <laughs> I'm not the only one who misheard that. I was going to say Anthony Edwards is, well, rest in peace, was pretty slim, so I don't know is that would have worked. Did he die? Or are you confusing well, Anthony Edwards with Alan Thicke? No, I'm confusing Alan Thicke with Alan Rickman. <laughs> wow. From Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> and from uh, and from creditrelief.com <laughs> slash org. <laughs> Creditrelief.com slash org. <laughs> That's fucking great. We are we are up to our usual shenanigans. Oh man, Rob, uh, nah, or Joe, and I actually were on a wavelength that would have allowed us to pilot a Jaeger earlier. We were. Oh, that's nice. You were. Uh, yeah. What's that called when they're 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 together? Uh, oh. Continental drift, I think. Drifting. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Tokyo drifting. Fa- Fast and the Furious style. Mm-hmm. Have you seen? Speaking the of trailer speaking for that? of interchangeable miscellaneous white guys. Are you- Luke is that Lucas Black? <laughs> is that him? In what? In in the, in the in the Tokyo Drift. <laughs> You're thinking of Charlie Hunnam. I wish I was thinking of Charlie Hunnam. No, the one Fast and the Furious movie that they tried to jam in there and then they wrote off. Yeah, with none of the none Luke of the Black. originals. Yeah, Tokyo I- Drift. <laughs> It's 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 old lip full of chaw Lucas Black. I don't even know who Lucas Black is. You would if you heard him spit he's out like his own a, teeth. A generic Paul Walker. No, no, he's generic James Vanderbeek. Oh yeah, slash no, Devin Sawa. No, that's Devin Sawa. Devin Sawa is, is in Slackers, you, so he can't be all think, bad. You're thinking of Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I don't even know who that is, so I can't. I can't even run with that. <laughs> he was the heartthrob from uh, Home Improvement. It was uh, yeah. You want Home Improvement on us? Uh, anyway, can we talk about Alan Thick? Do we miss Alan Thick? I don't. He's on my ESPN radio almost daily. That's Robin Thick. No, I would know Robin Thick because I don't know the many white guys with a high top fade. Also named Robin. Right. Not, not that many dudes named Robin. Lopez, I think, is the other one. <laughs> From the Nick? What is he? The, or the Nets? What I believe he's. I believe. I. I believe that sideshow Bob plays for the Nets. Yeah. Oh God, he does look like sideshow Bob. 
The whole fucking A does. Joe, you should you should Google Robin Lopez. Because I know you don't know who he is. I have no idea. But you know who Sideshow Bob is. I do. He does. Well, imagine <laughs> a seven-foot, somewhat athletic Sideshow Bob. Uh-huh. <laughs> also, still voiced by Kelsey Grammer, though. Right. <laughs> Which is the best part. If you're not is currently... That the best part or the best part that he was actually born on April Fool's Day? <laughs> but, his bro- but his twin brother wasn't. Just the best of the best and part. Isn't his name like Brooke? Brooke. Yeah, it's Brooke Lopez and Robin Lopez. Brooke and Robin. Good thing they were big. Yeah, and apparently talented at something. <laughs> if you're not currently looking at the cast billing for Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, you ought to. <laughs> Speaking of Zachary Ty Bryan. From Home Improvement. Yeah. Play He's it. in Tokyo Drift? He is, along with Bow Wow. Is it, oh, Lil Bow Wow. Or no, 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 no. He's grown up now, so. Yeah. Gotcha. Just Bow Wow. Wow. The Fast and the Furious franchise is something that just uh, is, it mystifies me in that A, it exists. B, and B, it, that it actually, it's, it's morphed itself as much as it has. Well, it, it, it's, it's Fast and the Furious was like an original concept that was done okay. It was a cool It wasn't a bad flick. movie to see, you know, in the late 90s or early 2000s, whenever the hell the first one came out. Um, it had something going. I mean, with that, that you know, you know, it, it, it was like a post boiler room Vin Diesel. Yes. Um, you know, he had that big muscle car. It was a it was a cool flick, and now it's it's it's, it's like uh, the same. Sh- it's not even like this. It's not the same. No, they. I'm pretty sure they air lifted a tank out of a C5 starship, and then. So it's gone to shit. It's well now. Now it's like now they're like either international terrorists or they are uh, like an elite group of rally racers who fight terrorists. I don't know which one Probably it is. Both. Yeah. Anytime ludicrous is your wingman, something's lost in translation. I'm pretty sure one of those cracker ass crackers drove like a McLaren F1 out of a tower in Quetar in the last movie. But I think that that's was neither here nor there. So you think that was Sting? I think it was, yes, but not, but not like like the wrestler, like the wrestler from the like the WCW. Right. I think you're thinking of Ric Flair. No, I, no I'm, who would I'm, be a great addition to the next Fast and the Furious movie? Well, Ric Flair would play the bad guy. He he. Well, they've already killed off all the. Hold on a second. Uh, speaking of dickless. Um, they've killed off all the Shaws now, so they got to bring in like the dad. Ric Flair plays old man Shaw, Statham's dad. Just they yeah. killed off all the brothers now. <laughs> Ric Flair plays Jason Statham's dad in the Fast and the Furious Nine. Yeah, Franklin, the- Franklin Shaw. What's the What's the new one? There's a new one coming out. It's called like a like, like a. a- Faith in the Furious or something? It's it's a uh, probably Furious or fascist. It's got, it's, <laughs> it's got some fucking goofy name on it now. Dominic Toretto goes against the Fast and Furious family. Sure, why not? That's what it is. Who uh, Fast and Furious family? And now it's like uh, 
Uh, it's actually sure just some... called. It's actually just called Fast and Furious Eight. <laughs> I don't I'm, think I'm it is. I'm looking at it right now on IMDb. No, I saw I'm a thing. That, that, uh, word Fast was traded out for something else. Like right, it's it called. It's it's like um Faith and the Furious or um uh French Dressing and Furious or something. It's another F word. The trailer was just released. Well, they've got half. No, no, no. They've no, got I'm like sorry. half the cast of Game of the Thrones. Fate of the Furious. Ha! Hey, no shit, no shit. They're bringing back the Lucas Black character from Tokyo Drift for this new movie. I'm not making that up. <laughs> I'm reading the the cast billing right now. Uh, the, I'm, I'm along sorry. With, the trailer along wasn't with, released. Um, they've also got Tormund Giants Bane in it, so that makes up for the fact that I could give two limp dicks about this franchise post Paul Walker. They, uh, it's not that, uh, I, I apologize. I don't think the trailer has been released. The trailer that has been released has been the new triple X movie with Vin Diesel. Oh, I can see that is that the one where he's got the, the, the robotic calves built in. If you haven't seen the trailer for, I will include it in this week's show notes, just the trailer for, uh, I think it's called like triple X, the return of Xander cage. It's, it's why, it's why little girls need their dads. It's is why this, what that trailer is. It's tremendous. It's is like, he wearing um, a fucking is he wearing a fucking mink coat in that? I'm or sure. Or is it he a is. chinchilla coat? It's probably a uh, ferret. Oh man, this turned into a weird stream of consciousness. Vin Diesel hate thread. He's easily hateable. Lovely man. You ever see the supercut of him when he was uh, talking about his first, the first movie he directed? They let him behind the camera. Well, yeah, and he he went on all the talk shows like the press junket, and he kept he told the same exact story at every like like <laughs> here's here's him here's like him on Sally Jesse Raphael saying the same story as when he was with on, on with Phil Donahue when he was on David Letterman, and he keeps talking about like uh, Sidney Lumet. And shit, it's so fucking funny. He's a bagger. Truly. He truly is. We don't have a do review this week, by the way. Apparently it's Vin Uh, Diesel. Well, yeah, our do review was was watch all the bad Vin Diesel movies. I need to go to work tomorrow, so I can't do that. (laughs) Uh, He he gets no credit. He gets no credit for voicing over Guardians. So he taught Dame Judy Dench how to play D and D. That he did. That probably is his best life's work. Besides, maybe the first Chronicle of Riddick or Pitch Black. Is that what the first pitch one was? Black, yeah, I think, I think it's Pitch Black. Pitch Black, good. Everything else, poop. Even that, even that bit in Boiler Room where he does the uh, the Wall Street soliloquy, which is just it's just horrendous. Yes. God, I was so into that movie when I was a kid, though. Like when I was like an impressionable teenager. Coffee is I thought closers. Boiler Room. I thought Boiler Room. No, not Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Oh, no. <laughs> the one with Giovanni Ribisi. I drive a you Porsche. Know, Cabriolet. And, and Nicky Cat. And Ben Affleck. What's up? With, uh, Does he oh, drop his uh, keys on the table after he gives his speech in that movie? Yes. And then he shows his watch. Yes. 
and he and he says like a like Giovanni Ravisi's dad is like Bob Balaban, and he doesn't like him because he's like running a gambling ring or some shit. So he trades that in for being a fake stockbroker. And that is the plot of Boiler Room. I forgot Vin Diesel gets himself killed early on in Saving Private Ryan. That could be his best role. <laughs> Dead guy. Yeah, he tries. Doesn't he? Uh, he tries to help like the German family and gets a sniper bullet to the head. Moments before uh, Barry Pepper shoots a guy through his scope, which is kind of the the highlight of that movie. The way they do that these days. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, or some shit. He says, like, some, like, God, you know, keep my hands still or something. I don't know. Apparently, the coolest sniper kill you can have is killing a sniper through his own scope. As as was demonstrated in American Sniper. Mm-hmm. Movie I haven't seen yet. Also starring Barry Pepper. Is Barry Pepper an American Sniper? No. Oh, <laughs> he fucking had me. I didn't want to lie to you. <laughs> I thought for sure he was. Oh, man. Well, in case you guys have been wondering, we've been stalling for time. Listeners out there wondering where this show, if the show has any focus, it will focus shortly because we are moments away from bringing on our guests. As though that's ever gotten us to focus. No, we've never focused. We probably won't. Well, my first question to our guests is probably going to be about Vin Diesel. It ought to I thought it would be about my 600-pound life. Oh, I'm still watching that right now. She refuses to get out of bed, but she has lost a lot of weight. So, I mean, I don't, maybe it's working for her. I don't know. Does misplacing your dumbbells count, though? Oh, no, she's walking. She's got a walker, and she's walking. She's doing a thing. Oh, good for her. Yeah, I bet she's down uh, I bet she's down 300 pounds or so. Wow. What is wrong with you people? I have to. I have to put something on TV. Schadenfreude. Why? There's books and <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, can't read a, I can't read a book and talk to you guys at the same time. Mm. Hey, and she's eating like tilapia. I mean, look at her. Oh. Oh, she put peas in there. Peas and tilapia. That's her dinner. Yeah, you know what? Proud of her. Delicious. That's a good dinner. I'm gonna add our guests. This is where you guys need to like you guys need to like carry on a conversation while I do this. Otherwise, there's weird dead space in the middle of the show. Hey, Joe, do you have pants on? I don't actually. I'm wearing a a boy. As much as I got. Uh, Yeah, I'm. How do you you respond to that question? Yeah, I'm in. I'm in pants. I'm not in pants. (laughs) Nice kilt. Uh, nope. Although I did get a new kilt, I'm very happy with it. What uh, what pattern did you go with? Uh, Jolly Roger. Of course you did. Nice. It's a uh, it's a black and white and gray tartan, if you will. And this. Does it have the skull and crossbones on it? No, not at all. Huh. Did you uh, spring for the pockets? I didn't. Oh. I I don't know why because yours all have pockets, and when we're at Gen Con, I'm really envious at the fact that you don't have to keep your wallet up by your like your cock front. Mm-hmm. Just buy a man pouch. Strap that on. No, I've thought bad about idea. It. No, I've thought about it's it. These like gigantic a, like a, pockets they sew in for you for an extra twenty dollars. It's like having two man pouches.
Oh. Speaking of awkward silences. Yeah, sorry. I just I, I started thinking about Vin Diesel and I don't know if it'll come back. Does Vin Diesel make you sleepy? It makes me itch. <laughs> it makes you itch? Yeah. Huh. That's hey, guys. Can you hear us? Holy shit. <laughs> I'll take that as a yes. Yes. He's here. It's it. Well, they are here. Well, even better. There's 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 uh, two of them, Nick. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. We do this weird thing where we we bring guests on our podcast and then we pretend like they've been here the whole time and and they have to jump right into our conversation. Wonderful. Wonderful. So <laughs> so uh, worst Vin Diesel movie. This happens to be where you found us. Um. Oh God, I'm not. I would probably. What's the pacifier? What's the one he did that was written for Ooh, Jack? Well Man? done, good. Well one. done. Yes. That yeah. I haven't seen it, but my but, guess is that that's at the top of the list. That's if, beautiful. If it's not that, it's the whatever that witch hunter thing was. Oh, the one that came out recently, which I also didn't see, but can assume that it was. I gave it. High, I gave it high marks. You yeah. would. You give everything to Mark. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. All right, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm terrible with introductions, but we have uh, two gentlemen uh, who are the masterminds, I would say, of, of maybe the coolest podcast besides ours, of course, out there. Um, we, have, we have Alex Berg and Jason Green with three E's. Yeah. yeah. Which is That's cool. bold. That is very bold. Thanks for having us, guys. Yeah. Our pleasure. Super excited. Now, uh, go ahead and tell our listeners, let's just get it right out of the way. Uh, The podcast I'm in reference to, of course, is um, Hardcore Game of Thrones. Yeah. So uh, Hardcore Game of Thrones uh, is basically uh, what happens when you are obsessed with both Game of Thrones and hardcore history (laughs) and have entirely too much time on your hands. To indulge in said obsession. Well, which came first, your obsession with Game of Thrones or your obsession with hardcore history? Uh, Jason, I think that's a question for you, pal, because you're the one who got me into both of those. <laughs> yeah, for me, it was uh, uh, Song of Ice and Fire came first. And then uh, that's been – I've been a fan of those books since the early 2000s. And then – Holy hell, thank God, a book guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, sweet, yeah. sweet man. <laughs> Avid book advocates. And then I got into Dan Carlin. Somehow I got it was recommended his Mongol episode. And from there, it was just off to the races. Why does it always start with Wrath of Khans? The the addiction always starts with Wrath of Khans. Uh, I actually I started with um, Ghosts of the Ostfront was my first. Oh, no, Logical Insanity. And then Ghosts of the Ostfront was my first uh, foray into the series. Which one is the, Ghosts of the Ostfront? I haven't. Ghosts of the Ostfront is all about the Eastern Front during World War II, and it's the one where the first episode starts with him going, "What is a monument?" and talking about the bone fields outside of uh, Stalingrad. Right? Yeah. Oh man, tense. So good. that just made my nipples hard. I'm not going to lie. It you. is addictive. I, I am. All of us here are obviously fans of Dan Carlin as well. So see, uh, I I started with. Um, um, Nick telling me that I needed to listen to the Mongol episodes, me getting on iTunes and those not being available on iTunes and jumping into blueprint for Armageddon. Oh yeah. Which I think, is I, like, I, I have a deep fondness for 
pretty much everything of his from episode 16 on. But I think Blueprint for Armageddon is like his opus in a way. Yeah. I, I By the with, time. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. I just I always default to Ghost of the, uh, Ghost of the Ostron. Yeah. I think it's his. It's the one that hit me the hardest. Yeah. I was. It's, it's I was. Uh, people alive, potentially, who are just doing the most horrific shit possible. <laughs> and so you kind of realize, like, oh, not all the stories he's telling are like people that we have no relation to. Some of this stuff like is, is in the very recent past and equally as horrific as anything that you find in the model episode. Well, I it's spent pretty the fall numbing. in a combine sure. listening to the prophets of doom. The yeah. one about the, like, what is it like the, the Protestant reformation? Yeah. Munster, the two Jans, Jan von oh Lytle. Who's the other Jan? I can't remember. The second. Yeah, isn't it von Lytle? Is that one of them? Yeah, Jan von Leiden's one of them. He's the Dutch guy who's the, uh, I think he's like the charlatan. And then the guy who rides out to fight the princess, yeah. he just gets cut down. <laughs> right. He's the other Jan, but I can't remember what his last name is. What a, uh, and then the fact that those cages are hanging in Munster right now. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was just – it was amazing. What's amazing about Dan Carlin and I think what maybe draws people into it is like I have really no interest in the Protestant Reformation until I'm like 17 minutes in and now all like my life is, is being like steered by this knowledge. I, I have to know it. He does have a way of making – I mean I'm not a history guy in general, uh, although I'd argue since getting into hardcore history, I've started getting more interested in it. But he does have a way of making it really – I feel like saying come alive is the lamest fucking way to phrase it. Well, I think he does a really <laughs> good job of like making it relatable yeah, in a way yeah. that other uh, historians don't always do. And they treat it like some sort of – artifact from the past that exists in a museum whereas he i think does a really good job of making you <laughs> making you feel like you were there yeah yeah he kind of relishes in the fact that he doesn't have to have the academic objectivity yeah it's well, very it's- palatable he's just he, he skips all the kind of monotonous you know just read detail and and get, gets into that flowing narrative that just yeah, yeah it, it's Especially if you're a captive audience at all, like we are with a lot of windshield time or whatnot. There's no better way to kill like an hour and a half. Yeah. And what what I liked about your guys' show about hardcore Game of Thrones is that you didn't well, – first of all, I love A Song of Ice and Fire. So that's just cool anyway. But to, to start the whole thing off with uh, a reference to Terminator 2 or, or a reference to Terminator – made me fucking piss myself it's so dan carlin it, it's like <laughs> such a meta joke to start that way i fucking loved it oh, that's awesome man thank you <laughs> no problem. all right so how long obviously you've been listening to him for a while but how long did you have to work on it to get the voice down because it's really quite spectacular your, uh, uh, your your dan carlin voice the voice came about the voice came about well before the series did, although I'd argue the voice gets better. By the time we get to like episode three, I think the voice is pretty locked in. So you were like cruising through Taco Bell drive throughs just as Dan Carlin for years in advance <laughs> I mean, for fun. That was your party voice? Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. To the, the podcast being made is that we were just out on a walk and Berg was talking about everyday stuff as Dan Carlin. And our buddy was like, you guys should – 
uh, write a podcast about that. And we were like, that's a great idea. And then didn't do anything for six months. Yeah. <laughs> I shit you not. It's on my bucket list now. Just, I want to, I want to sit around like a living room with you guys and, and get, get like a good bourbon on and just throw topics at you so you can explain them to me as, as Dan Carlin. That's my new fucking thing. I, I must do like, we can start like Dr. Seuss. Go. I'll tell you what my daughter does. I have a, I have a three and a half year old daughter. And while we were working on the podcast, I got in the habit of anytime I was driving somewhere with her, uh, I would yell at all the other cars in traffic in the voice of Dan Carlin. Uh, and she would go like, hey, dad, I yell at the blue car. It'd be a lot of like, blue car, you better get out of our way because we are going to grandma's house and you slow folks better move it. You know, suck all that <laughs> It's supposed to be the quintessential Dan Carlin is when he's reading in Wrath of the Cons, anytime he reads a dispatch from some Mongol warlord, it's like got this extra layer of like venom and theatricality to it. And to me, that is always going to be the quintessential Dan Carlin. Anytime he says, quote, you know that he's really yes. going to start laying it on thick. Yeah, that was one of our – well, at least for me, one of my favorite jokes in recording it was the uh, the quote and then coming in shortly after the quote roughly four times as loud as I had been. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, we were digging it. I actually want to hear you like just color commentate a whole Cubs game. Uh, if I knew anything about baseball, I would. As is, it might be more interesting having me as a complete baseball idiot going like, they hit a ball. People seem excited, but it's tough to say what. <laughs> <laughs> Better than Joe Buck. Oh, God, yes. It reminds me of a time. It was fucking great. I just, I honestly, I would, we actually can never meet. That's, the, huh. that's actually the sad part of this. Cause you because you would hate me. Ryan is that guy. He'll just he'll follow you around and it'll be everything. Hey, uh, right? Do, do it, do it again, but do it in the Dan like, Carlin. Like, re, re, uh, like, give, give me like Dan Carlin, but he's like, um, um, he's really displeased with his service at the restaurant. But it's not because the food was bad. He just didn't like the service. Go. I'm upset that you came too frequently to our table to inquire as to whether or not I needed more fish sticks or more beer in my glass. Could you not see that my friends and I were enjoying stories and having witty repartee, which your intrusions put a stop to? Nay, sir, I say that you and the rest of the waiters here at Joe's Fish Stick Hut should be banned for life until you learn a lesson in manners. Yeah. That is just pimping out of control. You, you have to dial that back because I'm I actually want you to sing Paradise by the Dashboard Light now. Dan Carlin. No, no, it's okay. Don't don't hurt yourself. I just I'm having fun with this exercise. I was not expecting a Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Oh man! Well, you haven't been to any of our weddings then. <laughs> it's a staple. That's, that's how we roll. We were, we were barely seventeen, and we were barely wet. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like there ain't no doubt about it, right? Like, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. We were yep. barely seventeen, and we were barely wet. <laughs> <laughs> that made my whole week so right there. <laughs> yeah, they were barely dressed, but probably entirely wet. Well, I'm. It brings up, I guess, but it brings up my next question, which I'm sure you guys have thought about it. But your possibilities with this 
this thing that you guys are doing is it's endless. I mean, like hardcore Harry Potter could happen is just around the corner. Hardcore um, Great Gatsby or um, hardcore um, Friends season one. There's it's virtually endless. We got some requests to do other uh, yeah hardcore Star Wars, hardcore Dune, hardcore Ender's Game. Yeah, it just felt like there was something about the mixture of A Song of Ice and Fire and Dan Carlin that worked really well. And we didn't want to – I'm not sure like either one of us would be able to do it to another world that we don't know as well. Even within A Song of Ice and Fire, when we had originally started doing it, the, the reason it was uh, Shadow of the Dragon is because we were going to do – Shadow of the Dragon and then like Dragon Rising for for Daenerys and uh, Essos, right? Like we yeah. were gonna have like a, we we were gonna like have a couple of different series set in Westeros, and then even after going through the War of the Five Kings, we realized that those other areas of Westeros weren't fully fleshed out enough to do it to. And I think part of what makes made it possible for the War of the Five Kings is that Jason is basically a walking. Song of Ice and Fire encyclopedia, and I don't think there's any other. I don't think I, I don't think there's any other fictional property I have that deep of a knowledge on as you do on Song of Ice and Fire, and I I doubt that you know that much about anything else in your entire life. Uh, well, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> now I, I agree with Berg, and also there there is something about like. Um, uh, we didn't want to push it too much because it, w- it was in large part an homage to Dan Carlin and anything more than this one particular project would start to feel, at least to me, like we were kind of trading in on something that, that he had built. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. It's, yeah. No, it's, it's perfectly, it's perfectly done. It's perfectly in your wheelhouse. As that is. said, I this would was like fun for us. One additional episode, which. <laughs> Oh yeah, go you go yeah. for it. Well, what You're I, so amused. Go for it. I would like to do a live recording with George R. R. Martin, uh, where we just talk to him about history. Him and Dan Carlin on stage for like an hour, and we just shoot the shit about history, and we call it Shadow of the Dragon Party Maester Madness. And that is my dream, and that is how I would like to keep going with the, the series. <laughs> but other than that, I think the series is reached a very natural conclusion. So it's very Don Quixote to dream the impossible dream. Well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So natural segue then is, are you more excited for the next season of the show or for the release of Winds of Winter? Well, well Winds of Winter, yeah. but neither of us have watched the show for two seasons now, or I didn't watch this past season. God bless you. It, yeah, it's, a, it's a fight we fight on this show all the time. The show well, loyalists versus the book loyalists and the the back and forth. Where do you guys fall? <laughs> I lean to the book side. Um, Ryan tries to play peaceful mediator in the middle. I can I can answer for myself. That's fine. Stop yourself. <laughs> That's not Ryan. Ryan, Just rest your weary head. Uh, Rob, who is not here because he's um, he likes to follow riffraff around on tour. He's a show guy through and through, and. Uh, I've I've come around a little bit in terms of I finally was forced to watch the show by these guys, so I'm not quite as hateful. But I there's a lot to hate, but I'm definitely more book than show guy. I didn't hear it uh, or I didn't see it, but I heard that the Dorn storyline oh, butchered it. It's worse. It's worse than you worst. could possibly imagine. Yeah, okay. 
<laughs> you could uh, a better uh, time better spent would be putting your penis in a blender and then turning it on. So that would be that's time better spent than the Dorn storyline. It's it's so bad that they actually killed off the storyline mid season. They just decided, you know what, this isn't going to work, and they just like arbitrarily one episode killed everybody off out of storyline, and just you haven't seen Dorn since in a season and a half. Ario Hota was killed with a butter knife. He was stabbed yeah. in the back by Tyne Sand, uh, uh, and and he and he died. Instantly. Wouldn't it be yeah. weird if that's how it goes down in the books? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, it's, it's, right, it's, it's, that part at the end of a chapter. Oh, by the way. <laughs> George R. R. Martin would punch himself in the dick before he'd write a death scene that lame. <laughs> so what um, – okay, so you, uh, the core of all of us, though, uh, are, are that we're, we're, we're book first. I mean, we're Song of Ice and Fire guys before we're Game of Thrones guys. For so sure. what what is your – what is your house? Where do you, where do you, where do you, where are your loyalties? I mean, I feel like I got to go stark, but that also feels like ordering spaghetti and meatballs at an Italian restaurant. You know, I feel like I should have a more creative answer. If they're authentic. But it's tough. It's tough not to like house stark. Wait, That's was, fair. Which house are you? Was the question, which house? Oh, yeah. Okay. Never mind. Sorry. Uh, which house am I? Um, you got Stark. I'll take. I mean, you can also have Stark. No, you're right. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'll go uh, Targaryen. Targaryen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because we're all- <laughs> <laughs> and I've had a weird day. Uh, which houses are you guys? I'm a I'm a Tully man myself. Uh, Ooh. Rob, who's not here, is a diehard Kraken. Yeah, he's a great joy. He's, for some uh, reason. I tend to be a man of the North. Yeah. Even I, though uh, in that I still – we argue that probably Catelyn Stark is probably the single worst character in the entire Song of Ice and Fire. It's debatable, but uh, – You think she's the worst written or you think she's the worst character? Just no, the just, worst the worst, person. just the worst thi- – the worst single entity. Not written, just – Awful, and I and I didn't realize it so much in, until I started listening to hardcore game, until Shadow of the Dragon. When I started realizing, like I would pause listening, I'd text these guys, and I'd say, like, "Hey, let's play some Westerosi. What if here? What if Catelyn just listened to her husband and and did anything bunch, she was supposed to do? Archers and Moat Kalen and went to White Harbor and had to Manderleys lock that shit down and raise the banners." Instead of saying, you know, like, you know what, there's Tyrion. I'll go take him to my sister's place. Like, what if that would have happened? How the storyline would have changed dramatically. But I mean, instead, me, the she biggest, just couldn't listen. For me, the biggest, if you're, if you're going to go down the what if route, the biggest what if is less Catalan. Because I always see Catalan as like a flawed figure. Like, I think like, certainly like as a parent, like I totally get her. You would do anything for your kid. Like if you thought somebody had tried to murder your kid, like that's the most reasonable thing in the world to like go just blind with with like emotion over that. Like that doesn't bother me at all. For me, the most uh, egregious is who's the the guy who stalls Tywin um, so that he can get back to. Yeah. So that that for me is the that's the biggest fuck up in the war. Yeah, that's 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 that to me is the more because. I'm with Berg where I, I agree. I understand completely why Catalan took Tywin, even the, or Tyrion, 
Yeah, it, I don't think it was a smart move. Right. But no, she she family. also bungled Rob's every step, like uh, every every bad piece of advice or anything she could do for Rob too. Well, so that's Rob's like a double whammy. Was breaking the uh, was breaking the treaty with the phrase uh, by sticking his ding dong where it didn't belong. Catalan had nothing to do with that. Yeah, yeah but, and then owning up to it. The ultimate, well, she could she could have talked him out of taking the high road. Right. For the love of God, dude. But that's uh, he was honor bound. He was honor bound by the example set for him by his father. He had no choice. That's yeah, true. That came around a lot more to Catalan as I started as we started working on the project. Like I, because to me it found like it seemed like she's a very smart person who's just stuck in a system that won't allow her to be utilized to the best of her abilities. Yeah, and the problem that's is, fair. She's, yeah, she's a she's a non evil version of Cersei. Because Ned, who we all love, was still a over honorable pudwack himself. Yeah, Ned did not do some smart. Ned had some dumb moves. And well, but, that's uh, another, you know, that's another question. What if Ned would have just listened to Renly? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. That's I mean, that's the, or or what if Ned had just not bothered to try and give Cersei an out? Oh yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, if he had been brutal and had just. Killed Cersei's entire family. I mean, that's like sort of the overall message of Game of Thrones is like, hey, honor's great, <laughs> but nine times out of ten, it fucks things up. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> like the the ultimate decision that I think Berg was getting at earlier is with Brandon Tully. Brandon, yeah, 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 yeah. Does not listen to Rob and goes off to uh, for personal glory. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it was just personal glory. It was personal glory, but also I think he was trying to defend his homelands. Yeah. And when he stops Tywin and gets uh, gives Tywin enough time to hear about what's going on in the Red Keep, that to me was the big like, holy shit! This one dude just lost the war. Yeah, that's the that's well, the big. You, you'd have had Stannis would have taken the uh, would have taken King's Landing. Yeah. Um. Uh. They would have ended up probably. I mean, do you think they would have sacked Casterly Rock, or would they just would they have? They'd at least have marched through the Westerlands. Yeah, I think they would have. I think then it would have defaulted in this thing where Stannis would not have let it drop that uh, the Lannisters had basically committed. Are they war crimes by having the kids and putting them on the throne? That's like, not a war crime, but it, it would be treason because they um, they falsely claimed that they were Robert's children. Yeah, they were they were pretenders to the crime. Right. So let's say I was right. <laughs> no, but I think gone after and just like raised House Lannister to the ground. Yeah, I think I think Stannis was the best bet for yeah. Westeros. Well, I uh, agree. Who are your guys' favorite characters in the uh, series? Oh boy! Oh boy! I'll tell you who I came around on, and only because of doing the podcast is uh, Tywin. Like after after doing episodes two and three of the podcast, like I I saw Tywin as a tragic figure instead of an asshole. And you loved when he murdered thousands of innocents. You sick? Yeah, yeah. I'm way into that shit. That's yeah. me real hard. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's um, a great my favorite question. character. Well, again, then you almost have to separate the book from the show because it, it sure. plays out differently. Um. Jeez. Jamie is my answer. In the yeah. book or in the show? In the book. I love I love book Jamie. Jamie. I mean, you want to talk about a guy who who went into it for all the right reasons and then even still then made the right call. Totally. But now has to live with I mean, 
live with all that. And then there's the, there's the point where, I mean, he goes from like, like, um, bad guy. I mean, I mean, the book starts out, he throws, I mean, he throws Brandon Stark out of a fucking window. So he's a bad guy, but then he starts, you start viewing him as like less, um, antagonist, more protagonist as the books go on. Yeah. And I think Jamie's probably my favorite book character. Yeah, and he, I think he's a testament to to like the ability of George R. R. Martin's uh, writing abilities because like the shift from him being a flat out villain to that like the one scene he gets in uh, Clash of Kings with Catalan that to me is like where you start to see him shift a little bit or you understand his motivations a little bit where he's talking about watching um, the Starks get tortured by Ares and then by the third book you kind of like you said like you just are completely empathizing with someone who has done horrific, unforgivable <laughs> yeah. things. And yeah, the guy who, when you met him, was throwing a child yeah. out of a window because he caught him fucking his sister. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, when you put well, it when that you way. say it like that, it just... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, these are just the facts. These are just the facts <laughs> as we know them. Yeah, Jamie, I, you were the one to point this out to me, Jason, but like Jamie was one of the early canaries in the coal mine. You guys just heard my dog sneeze. Um, Jamie was one of the early canaries in the coal mine for the show. Um, because he was the one who early on kills a cousin of his or something like that. And that's yeah. like fundamentally in the books, he would do anything for family. And it took me until a second reading of the books to realize how egregiously the show had misrepresented him. And then of course the show has that scene where the director was like, I didn't think it was a rape scene. And everyone was like, that was clearly, if you didn't mean that to be a rape scene, I'd hate to go on a date with you. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And that also really changes your view of Jamie. And that was that was a moment for me where I was like, I I can't watch this show anymore. Like they they're going for it's brutal. It's more than storytelling, and I wasn't I wasn't very into it. Yep, agreed. Well, then, I, uh, then, I, there's also the 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 in this latter season he has a he kind of has a tete a tete with Edmure where he basically says that he's you know he'll kill all your kids and i'll kill your wife and i'll that's a, you'll that's watch a and good scene it, it, yeah, but it, but that's show jamie yeah and that that's in the books uh but it's definitely like you understand where he's coming from it's mm-hmm. in uh i think the last second last yeah it is. yeah yeah um yeah i haven't i haven't watched the show in years so i'm not sure how it came across show show jamie is smarmy that's that's my problem with him yeah. Book Jamie, though. I, I think he's my favorite character. Joe, who's my uh, favorite character? I, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, Robin. yeah. Um, yeah, I was leaning toward Jamie myself, to be honest with you. Attaboy. Not to just pop out on that one, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's only got the longest cast list of any show or book ever, but uh, <laughs> stick with yeah, Jamie. Yeah, I mean, you go down to, I mean, I like Stannis as well, and Arya. And yeah, Harry's yeah I like Stannis too. Right. Ty, I'm uh, a, I'm a Sandor Clegane guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, and I like yeah. Braun a lot. Yeah, I really like Sansa too. Like I started reading, or when we were doing the books, I started reading a lot of uh, like fan blogs, just dissecting the characters and seeing how people sort of like uh, represent Sansa's growth. I think like by the end of the series, we could see it being something on par with Jamie, where it's like she starts off as like, but like a a positive version of Jamie where she starts off total heads in the clouds and then ends the book as like a sort of very pragmatic, like Machiavellian. Yeah. But also like a very mm-hmm. like stage true to her, her innate goodness, I guess. Yeah. Like and it'll be interesting to see where she ends up. Well, if you haven't watched, I guess the show part of it, she, she comes on strong. 
this yes. last season. Like weird, like strong artist shot of her walking downstairs in this art black. Like she yeah. gets after it. Yeah, it just seemed very. Yeah. Odd. And let's not forget about the pimp Wyman Manderley. He is a pimp. Which, which one's Manderley? Uh, Fat Lord of White Harbor. He's the he's the Frey Pies. Oh yeah, so he's not the. What are his sons' names? Willis is that right? I think it's Wyman and Wayman uh, or uh, like, like yeah Willis Willis uh, is that the Willie, one that dies? Wilson yeah, dies maybe Willis and Wendell. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yes, yeah. Willis and Wendell, <laughs> the Manderly Boys. <laughs> Fucking Wyman Manderly, character. what a pimp! Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to cook these dudes up into some pies. And that knowing that I'm going to have to eat some myself. And then I'm going to laugh about it. Yep. And really enjoy Because <laughs> I'm fucking Wyman Manderly. Have you guys been following the chapters that have been released? Have we followed the what? The uh, Winds of Winter chapters? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, yeah. Been a while, but yes. Uh, I don't know where I was going now. They're just too much good. teasing. Yeah, it's, yeah. I haven't I haven't read them because I'm waiting for the book because I I just want to once I read one of those books it's like I want to tear through like 200 pages a day. Yeah. Um. So to read like one chapter at a time seems particularly unsatisfying. Oh, it's agony. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. When do you When do you think we'll get it? When do you think it'll be in your hands? Spring, probably. You, you think spring that? 2017? Yeah. I think spring Christmas. I think this year or 2017, there'll be snow. There'll be snow on the ground in 2017 before we get the, I mean, think, I mean, think of the marketing guys. The book is called the winds of winter. You can't release that in the spring. Yeah. It does seem like a, yes, it does seem like a surefire, like holiday time thing. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be uh it's going to be the thing of next winter is the fact that the wind of, I mean, I mean, winter is coming on every fucking Barnes and Noble window with actual i mean it's just a the cover it's just a no-brainer Harris is santa claus with the dragons as rudolph and everything mm-hmm. yes absolutely all the marketing will be pushed towards winds of winter christmas 2017 i think i could be wrong i probably am wrong i'm wrong a lot well no, i mean i thought i was gonna already have it by now so <laughs> yeah, I, that's true that's yeah. true i've been expecting george r, r. martin to drop dead from catastrophic heart failure for six years now <laughs> not who before finish, he who finishes the story <laughs> <laughs> who who uh who ends up finishing the story for him when he does that uh no one i hope you think it just it just ends we, yeah. we never get any any resolution i'd imagine like i have a conspiracy theory that like uh he wrote out a synopsis of what happened just in case he dies like uh, a novella wrap-up but uh he says that he doesn't have anything so i i hope we don't i hope no one continues it and we have to just we have to live on with erotic fan fiction <laughs> yeah and i you know what i'm such a fan of like what's already been released it would be a bummer but to me the first three are such a self-contained story that i'm yeah kind they of really okay are with it. yeah I'm kind of okay with this guy. I really like dying. <laughs> Am I the only one who thinks that uh, who has uh, Feast as his favorite book? Oh, interesting. How come? I, I just think it's. I think it's dark. I think yeah. it's. It's just. Uh, 
um, it's black. Yeah. And I, for some reason, I really enjoy that. I, uh, Not I that Westeros is normally cheery. I, I want to reread it alongside uh, Dance of Dragons and do the, you know, like read them in the correct order, like where it's. It's like, the, yeah, the, that's the boiled leather that order, boiled leather. Is, is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's that's what I need to go back and do because the I haven't read Feast for Crows since the first time I read it, and when I read it, Dance of Dragons wasn't out yet. And reading Feast for after reading like tearing through the first three books, and then getting to Feast for Crows and being like, "You're telling me my favorite fucking characters aren't even going to make a fucking appearance here?" Like I was so angry <laughs> the whole time that I couldn't really like focus on it. And especially now, since doing the podcast, I feel like I have such a better sense of the landscape of the War of the Five Kings and what happens once it ends, and where things are at the start of Feast for Crows. That I think I will get a lot more out of it. Well, to your guys' credit, we all thought we knew a lot about Westeros. Um, you guys did for Westeros what Dan Carlin did for the Protestant Reformation. Hey, thanks guys. So, I mean, I, I've, I've, I know so much more about the stuff I already knew or thought I knew about that. Uh, I mean, I, I guess that's the highest compliment I can pay you guys is you actually, I, you did, exactly what dan carlin did for me only with a fictional universe and pulled me out of my george r R. martin (laughs) malaise that i'd been in for the last year and a half so also true i'm fired up again thanks guys that's that's really kind of you and i mean for us too like when we were going through it it was like i learned to appreciate george r R. martin in a way i didn't know i hadn't already if that makes it was just like this guy wrote a very deep world yes and it's incredibly consistent like you can start tugging at threads all over the place it's like nope that works you know what else makes you appreciate him is watch the show from the exact point where they started having to script it on their own (laughs) just seriously you realize just how good a world he put together for both book and you know small screen because the the shit that the hbo writers had to start penning together is Yeah, it's a uh, yeah. It's a uh, it's, it's like a weird Weezer song. <laughs> that's depending on which album you're pulling that weird song from. That's a pretty harsh dig. Yeah, <laughs> the, the green the green album. Oh Jesus! Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, I'm glad you guys were with me on that one. That really makes me feel happy and special inside. We don't get to share Weezer jokes with guests all that often. <laughs> no, we <Strong>. don't. <laughs> Yeah, oh, Rivers man. Cuomo, big Game of Thrones fan. Just is that true? Throwing it out there. I don't know. I'm just assuming. I would assume. I, would, I think he's like not that much older than me. And if you no, told he's... me he really enjoyed fantasy novels before he was a rock star, I'd buy it. I think he's a good ten years older. Really? Yeah. <laughs> How old do you think I am? Forty. <laughs> Jesus. Because <laughs> you look a hard forty-five. <laughs> <laughs> a gentleman's forty-five. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like 37. Yeah. I yeah. think. It's been a long time like since I've Hollywood measured anything 45. in gentlemen's. Yeah, but it's a fun way to describe something. Yeah. Gentlemen's anything. Like, I have a. Like, a, what size feet did you want? Like, a gentleman's medium. <laughs> yeah. I'll Just take see it. What, and How see what like Domino's brings you. <laughs> How do you like your eggs? Like a, like a, like a, like a gentleman's over medium. 
Oh, shit. It's over easy. That's how you like it. I get it. Yes, yeah, well. Easy. Yeah, gentleman easy. Easy gentleman. Gentleman hey. easy was a, with the, well. Gentleman was easy was a blues quartet that I was in. <laughs> <laughs> that checks out. Yeah. <laughs> that passes muster. Yeah, if one of us was not a blues quartet called Gentleman Easy, I would have been shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, so do you have, have any other uh, any other projects that you know besides the podcast that um, listeners might want to dabble into, or is this your your only baby here? Uh, we, we're we're in the process of birthing another baby right now. We um. Uh, after Game of Thrones ended, we brought a couple new projects to Howl, uh, and they greenlit one of them. And we've been working on the first episode of it since August, and it's almost done. Uh, but we're going to do a um, – it's not even really a geek thing. It's just we're doing a science show. It's, it's geeky, yeah. We're doing a science show for stoners. Uh, um, so wow. So it's all, all about right. multiverses and it's all like uh treated with like audio effects and music and stuff like that and it's uh No shit. Yeah, we have a 30 minute episode of it that is pretty close to done and listening to it on good headphones is the closest thing I've done to like deep mushrooms uh besides mushrooms. And it's also <laughs> good because it gives the third the guy who recorded Hardcore Game of Thrones is a really good um, audio technician. And, and an incredible musician. Yeah, and so you only really got to hear him record. I mean, you, his contribution was almost invisible in yes. Hardcore Game of Thrones because it just sounded good and that was all he needed to do. And this one, he gets to write a lot of music that is just Great. genuinely spectacular. <laughs> it's really, really, really good. It's really cool. Uh, so that'll... It, it's, yeah. Yeah. So that Man. project's called Braids. We were originally we were shooting for Braids to be released in the spring. Based on how long this episode is taking, I guess we're going to release it whenever Winds of Winter comes out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Give or take. Um, and we've got another uh, another project we're working on uh, called the Million Year Machine, um, which uh, Jason, perhaps you'd, you'd be better to synops- synopsize or whatever it is. Yeah, so it's like a we're going to try and. Uh, also get it on Hal, and it's a feature-length radio play um, that is comedic in nature, and it'll also it'll be something like uh, uh, like Orson Welles's War of the Worlds, but a bit longer and a little more narrative-heavy. Yeah, and wow. In it. Yeah, it's about the uh, the first manned mission to Mars, and uh, right before the ship lands, the captain dies, and everybody else, all these. Petty people <laughs> squabble among themselves for who gets to be the first person to walk on Mars. It's basically like an hour and a half of dick jokes in space. Yeah. Well, perfect. my God, put us on the uh, the sneak preview list whenever that's ready in post production. I want <laughs> all sorts of exposure to that thing. Sure. Absolutely. Damn, dick all jokes right, in well, space. Yeah, also like, a blues quartet. Had me at it. <laughs> Yeah, so the two long lines for like my autobiography. If you like marijuana, you'll love this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You guys really have to meet Rob. Yeah. (laughs) But don't meet me because I'll just make you do Dan Carlin's. Right. I would feel so bad too. We'd get on the plane to come home and Nick would say, like, hey, dude, um, you really embarrass yourself there. Be like, shit, was it when I made him do a Rubik's Cube as Dan Carlin? Oh no! Trust oh. me. Like it, 
nothing you could do would be you you would come away feeling bad for us (laughs) (laughs) they're like oh someone wants to hear it again okay (laughs) (laughs) love me please love me love me oh god it's so good talent man Ugh. well like i told you guys um in in the skype chat we we wrap up every show with the geek weekly where we we just kind of go around and talk about what we've been geeking on and we like to give our guests um uh you know they can either go first or they can go last it's up to them uh gentleman's choice uh i'll go first i got something i've been geeking out nice you know what most guests say last so i'm I'm proud of you i um i can i do kind of do two tiny geeks is that allowed oh yeah oh yeah here are my two tiny geeks uh one i just finished uh playing through final fantasy 7 uh which i had played when it came out when i was in high school but i'd never beaten the game before and that's uh that was very good and very satisfying and i'm very happy i did that um, and then also I just finished, uh, reading a book, um, called other minds, uh, by a philosopher named Peter Godfrey Smith, uh, that talks about the evolutionary roots of consciousness, uh, as viewed through an examination of octopus behavior, um, which yeah. was fascinating. Was other and, other and minds, other minds. Yeah. By Peter Godfrey Smith. That sounds like something that should be on my Goodreads list. It was it was really great. Holy hell! Really clear writer, and the first seventy pages are just kind of about octopuses and evolution, and then there's a chapter called "White Noise and Consciousness" where he kind of like rockets up to the moon with you, and it's very fun. Fuck yeah! Sounds amazing. I love octopuses. Oh, Octopus. Buddy. I literally got screaming match at a bar a week ago uh, with a friend of Jason's who was visiting from out of town because he dared to tell me that octopuses weren't as cool as squids. And I got I immediately flew into an alcohol fueled rage going like, have you read cephalopod behavior by Roger Hamlin? Have you read it? Have you? Yeah. Take that. You you fucker. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the octopus bend. I've seen an octopus open up a mayonnaise jar, crawl inside of it, and then close himself in. So fucking do whatever you want to do, squid guy. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought exactly. I saw one predict the winner of the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Not to totally take all authority out of your argument. I mean, look, they're at Anything an octopus does, I'm on board for. This is awkward. Yeah. Because one big geek is I just finished a book called Fuck Octopi. Alex <laughs> 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 Burr. Yeah, yeah. Did you write it? Yeah, it was a short. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking funny. Uh, but I'll go next. Um, the My one geek is I just two days ago finished a book called uh, The Path to Power, which is part of a larger series called The Years of Lyndon Johnson. That uh, this guy, Robert Caro, has been writing since, I believe, the late 70s. And it is wow. uh, one of the best. It is a spectacular book. And I have a feeling that the rest of the series is going to shape up to be one of my favorite works of literature, I think. Yeah. Is it? It's like it's like more history than biography. Yeah. Though, right? So like, it's not just about Lyndon Johnson. It's like he 
I think he takes like 50 pages before Lyndon's even born because he goes into the history of West Texas and what to just give you an all encompassing um, idea of what Lyndon Johnson was born into. And he, he takes that level of detail with like tons of figures that Lyndon Johnson meets throughout his life. And you just get this sense of history in a way that is, yeah, he's actually got like a Dan Carlin vibe about him and that he takes something that in other hands has been very boring and sort of museum-y and like, just you can't really engage with it. It makes you, as one reviewer said, like you care about like legislator or like acts of uh, state legislators. It's, it's, Really, really cool, and I can't recommend it enough. And it also ties in, if you like, the gray area of Jamie. Like, Lyndon Johnson's whole thing is being a sociopath who managed to do very, very good things. And it's it's just fascinating to read about that, like, um, in the real world. Can he open a mayonnaise jar? He can, but he can't get himself into it. He tried. <laughs> FDR dared him to. He was like, yeah, well, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. What's the title of that again? It's called The Path to Power by Robert Caro. And the show notes. it's a, the first half isn't slow, but it's uh, once it, once LBJ gets to Washington, the series is just fascinating. I have no problem believing that. He's a fascinating president. Yeah. Very, very interesting dude. Any president who led his uh, diplomatic relations with genital dominance is uh, an interesting president. Man, like you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a statement that's hard to argue with. <laughs> that, like you take aides into the restroom and just take shits in front of his aide. Like not low level aides either. Like high level <laughs> sex and just just to be some weird power. I was not aware of that portion of history. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, if you haven't heard it, uh, YouTube LBJ ordering pants. Oh, God, oh, that's God. great. That's the best. Yeah, yeah. He, wants to, he wants to make sure the inseam's a little loose because he wants to fit his nuts in there, you know. <laughs> I don't want my nuts up against my leg. <laughs> that's paraphrasing, of course, but that's pretty much what it is. It's actually a great YouTube And video. he belches yes. right in the middle of it with no, no stopping the sentence. Oh, my. Yep. Lyndon Johnson's Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'll go next. Um, I am uh, just started a, in the vein of interesting books here. It's uh, The History of Salt. Oh, by, uh, oh I saw that Mark review Kalansky. of Blog. It's supposed to be fascinating. It is. It is exactly that. It is. Fa- it, you just it, you kind of feel like you know that, that it's a really important mineral and has a played a role in history but you have just no clue how big a role it played in history as yeah. a as a commodity as um as a currency as you know wars were fought over it i mean it's just it's really profound I'm, i am not done with the book yet but i'm i'm um massively intrigued and looking forward to finishing it so very cool little bit of history i love it when you find little things like that, that oh god yeah understand how they wove themselves you don't understand the full breadth of how they wove themselves into modern civilization yeah or or we're also you read stuff like that and you're like how the fuck did no one tell me about this yeah. before yeah. You know, like- right uh, all the crap that you have to sift through in your you know scholastic years of history why don't yeah. they throw some shit in there on that 
You know, Although I want to know fair, if you're a teenager and you're already hating history class <laughs> and you show up and your teacher's like, OK, today we're going to get into salt like you probably <laughs> like, you probably like fuck me, salt. Uh, this goes back a little bit. But one of the things I loved about the Wrath of the Cons episode was finding out that all of us exist because Ogodai Khan one night was like, yeah, I'll have another drink. And then, like, <laughs> yeah. That saved Western civilization, uh, which is just one of those things where I would I would lead history class with that fact. Like, yes, yeah, it's, it's just a it's crazy, it's a crazy about. fact. Yeah, because then they'll be hooked on everything else that you have to say after you drop some some knowledge like that on them. Yeah, that's how you get them into salt. <laughs> yeah, start with the comments. <laughs> right? Okay, hard luck. The natural segue. <laughs> okay, now that you know that factoid, salt time. <laughs> on to sodium. And next week. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph? I uh, I don't sound like it for the first time in two weeks, but uh, I've been under the weather for the past couple of weeks. And so uh, I've done what I always do when I'm not feeling good, and I've been watching The Princess Bride basically on repeat. Oh, yeah. Wow. Therapy. Yeah, that's quite yeah. the right. I believe it just got added to the National Film Registry today, right? Or, or something oh, no like kidding. that. I don't know. Yeah, it's it, it got like some kind of like historical preservation status um, uh, either earlier today or earlier this week. Okay. As it should. Yeah, it deserves it. But yeah, that's what I've been geeking on this week. Just it's it's just such a perfect movie all the way through. It really is. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and I even uh, went through the special features and was learning like all of the different fairy tales and and stories that went into it and ah so it's just it's brilliant i wonder if uh carrie elways realized when he was making that that like this is my peak (laughs) like i wonder if he knew like it's not necessarily like straight downhill from here but like i I, i've reached the highest height you know (laughs) i'm not i'm not sure i'm not sure how you didn't know that when you were filming that movie (laughs) Like this, yeah. then liar, liar, then men in tights. <laughs> something, something saw. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Mandy Patinkin knew as soon as he saw it. Absolutely. Um, when they had the release, he watched it and he wept, knowing that it was the greatest thing he'd ever accomplished. I met Mandy Patinkin one time. Um, I was working on a behind the scenes show for the now defunct TV guide channel. Um, and we went on, he was on criminal minds or one of those shows. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. And in order to agree to get him on camera, everybody had to sign something saying they would not request him to recite the Inigo Montoya thing and that he would be allowed to read a prepared statement. And we were like, yeah, sure. And his prepared statement, um, if I remember correctly, was all about child trafficking. And it was so long. By the time he finished reading it, he was like, I've got to go. I have a scene to shoot. And so <laughs> we didn't get to interview him. We just what? Like, we won't ask you about wow. Christmas Pride. And then he talked to us about child trafficking for a while. He seemed really into it. He made a really good case for it. <laughs> like in favor of it or against it? Just. Yeah. Oh, very, very in favor. Very in favor. <laughs> pro, pro child trafficking. Yeah. Manny Pajinkin, if you're listening and you'd like to come on and dispute this, uh, yeah. we won't free. make you say any quotes from that movie that you said, but if you could do like a, 
like the Holocaust, the Holocaust cloak scene or, or, mm-hmm. um, you know, anything else. If you want to do like Miracle Max. <laughs> yeah, no, wait, I'm pudding. I'm pudding. And then you got to invite him on and tell him that he can only talk about child trafficking. And then he'll come on and talk about <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I know he says that the worst decision he ever made was actually doing Criminal Minds because it, it like disturbed him to the point where he like doesn't sleep. Oh, wow. You know, I believe that based on the picture that IMDb has for him now. Yeah. But. Yeah. Well, looks like Mandy he's been on Castaway. <laughs> oh, right, shit. Right, how about you? What are you geeking on this week? Uh, I have started to read Harry Potter with my uh, seven-year-old uh, son. Uh, he... Yeah. He uh he sat down and read I don't think he knew we were listening, but he read like a a pretty good like chapter book for a seven year old. It, it it like it's it's one that maybe uh is not in his age level, but it's at his talent level to be able to read, you know? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. uh I said like I just I gave him Sorcerer's Stone. I was like, There you go. Start reading. And uh he wanted me to read it with him, so that's what we've been doing. Um, he's doing the reading, but I'm, I'm doing it with him. We're going to try to go through the, at his pace, we're going to go through the whole series and I, I couldn't be, uh, prouder or more jacked to read Harry Potter with somebody. So that's, yeah. that's been my week has been Sorcerer's Stone, which is weird because this is actually like the first time I've read Sorcerer's Stone. Oh yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Because I just, I went right to Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. So. Hmm. Have you thought at all about when you're going to introduce your kids or just son to um, Song of Ice and Fire? Uh, yes. Kind of. High school. High school. I was like uh, 14 when I read uh, Thrones because I had just got done reading all the Tolkien stuff. Mm, yeah. And one of the blurbs on the book jacket was like the American Tolkien and my mom was like, oh, well, he'll like this. And then Smart like ne- yeah. next, yeah, next thing you know, it's like, uh, hey, mom, a guy who I'm pretty sure is the main bad guy was um, having sex with his sister. Is that a – should we – we don't need to talk about that? Just keep reading? Okay, cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I would say high school though is probably the right age. That's a yeah. – you, you got to be driving. If you can, if I can trust you behind the wheel of a car, you can read this book. I would think. Yeah, yeah. Fair. I, think I was sixteen when I when I read Thrones. Yeah, I started reading them. I think when I was twenty eight, <laughs> and I think I still might have been too young. <laughs> it's rough. Yeah, I know people who uh, won't read it because of the violence. Uh, my father quit reading the books because after the Red Wedding, he uh, couldn't bring himself to get attached. To the characters anymore because he they just kept get, going through such horrible stuff that uh, he stopped li- he stopped reading them and then uh, and then but he listens to our podcast he likes the podcast <laughs> so this on your birthday and I'll say no father makes bad decisions <laughs> <laughs> yeah we uh, um, I, I gave the I, I got my one of my cousins to start reading it. And she was keeping me up to like where she was in the books, you know, and I knew she was getting to the red wedding. And uh, um, I, I get a, I get a, 
uh, a text from her and it just says, fuck you. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> Red Wedding. So she's finished that. Okay. Knew <laughs> exactly where you were in the book. It's perfect. There's a, yep. uh, a web series a friend of ours started called Gay of Thrones, um, where a hairdresser reviews uh, each episode of Game of Thrones while cutting somebody's hair and doing bits. Um, and they put it up like the Monday after the show or something like that. And uh, when I was still watching the show, she asked me to come in to watch an episode. Um, and it was the Red Wedding episode. And so I was sitting in a room at Funnier Dies offices in Los Angeles um, where they are projecting this episode on a huge screen. And there's like probably a dozen people in there watching it. And I was the only one who knew what was coming. And when yeah. the Red Wedding started, everybody started freaking out. And I just started laughing so hard. <laughs> I was just <laughs> maniacally. It was so funny to me to watch the ball. Like, oh, my God, they're stabbing her. It's like, <laughs> Very delightful. Very delightful. Fucking awesome. <laughs> Well, gentlemen, uh, um, your show is great. Uh, thank you for for coming on and 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 chatting with us about all sorts of shit. No, thank you for having. Yeah, us. thanks for having us. That's uh, been a lot of fun. Thank it's you. It's always always where, a uh, to talk to fans. Yeah, you. Where can people find you? Rare it is now to get to talk to people about Game of Thrones <laughs> without having them just say, please shut up. <laughs> <laughs> shut the fuck up, guy. Please. Uh, yes, where, this was a where, where can uh, Where can our listeners find you? Uh, social media, where can they find your, your episodes, everything? Uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, – my Twitter handle, handle is actually bird. Um, and the episodes are up on Howell's website, which is about to get incorporated into Stitcher. Uh, oh, maybe we're, maybe I'm not supposed to say that, but I think Howell, I, I think that's public knowledge, but, um, we're up on Howell's website. You can get a, you should be able to still get a free month subscription by entering the code HGOT. Um, and the first three episodes I believe are still live on Earwolf SoundCloud's page. If you, uh, if you scroll down. Um, so yeah, that's me, JJ. I don't really have a presence <laughs> <laughs> in life and online. Yeah, I'm sort of <laughs> hating in the notes. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm on Twitter at Somerset Green, but basically my Twitter account at this point exists to occasionally bitch about politics and then make fun of Berg and a couple of friends of ours. So, well, and, 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 to, and, and to fact check me when I dropped the wrong, uh, when I dropped the wrong samurai novel. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. What'd you put that uh, quote for? I, I was, uh, I was, I had to, uh, somebody was asking a question about, uh, leadership and I had just got done listening to that episode and thought like, you know what? I'm going with that as my answer. Huh. And, but I, 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 uh, I tried finding it on my own, so I had to resort to the tweet machine. Yeah, cool. But it worked. And look, now we're here. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> well, it's been a lot of fun, and we'd certainly, uh, somewhere down the road, talk to you again when you launch your next big project. I'm sure we'll be listening, and if you guys ever want to promote that, we we'll, could always chop up some new Game of Thrones and Winds of Winter whenever it gets out. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. Guys. Appreciate you. Keep up yeah, the good you. work. Thanks, guys. Take care. Talk to you later. Bye. That was riveting. That was fun. Mm-hmm.
it would be I, I it would be it would be a drinking game where I would I would I would um show him random pictures and make him Dan Carlin and then I would just be I would be on cloud nine. Once again, I just reminded that I wish we were really talented or well funded <laughs> or connected. No shit. No shit. Any of any of the three would be tremendous. Any combination of the three or just one of those three individually. Right. <laughs> one of those three incorporated with whatever we've got now, I would suffice <laughs> with. But any of those three would be. Oh, I was in the funnier die studios watching a screening of the Red Wedding. That's just pimp. <laughs> I was yelling at passing traffic in Dan Carlin's voice. It's pimp. <sighs> I like it. It's a beautiful world. Oh. Listen Rob, up, you, Trump. Rob, you America was already great. Okay. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Stay for the plugs. Why. Yeah, there's. I imagine there'll be some sort of plugs. Right, meow. If you like what we do, or you want to harass us, be sure to check us out on Twitter at Geekcast Live, Geekcast Rye, Geekcast Base, Geekcast Joe, and Geekcast Nick. If you want to check out our podcast, be sure to go to gcl.ninja. Want to check our Facebook out and interact with us? Geekcast Live is what you got to search for. And be sure to check us out on iTunes. Give us five stars. Lie if you have to. If you have listened to the show before, you are most likely familiar with the guys from Wayward Raven. And if you haven't listened to the show, you're going to have to just trust me on this one. These guys are the best and have some kick-ass wares over at waywardraven.com. So head over there and check them out. Use our discount code NECKBEARD and save yourself some dollar bills. If you don't get enough of GeekCast Joe, check me out on my other show, This Freakin' Show, at thisfreakinshow.com. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the second to the last episode of Season 3. We've had a lot of fun. We've got a lot in store for our last episode. But before we get there, a little cart before the horse, let's listen to some bit of bass. This is Childish Gambino, Redbone. Dig it. <laughs> 